it's not always about having success and status and money and the, the car and the house. It's about being able to self-regulate and being able to access all of your imagination, your intuition, your to to be able to access your faith when you need it, to be able to speak up when you need to, to be able to draw the line in the sand and have boundaries. That's what empowerment is for me. Welcome to the Vibe Living Podcast, a podcast that talks about topics for women over 40. You know, that time of your life that many call midlife. That time of life when you can really vibe, be vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerge. Join me, Linus Woods-Mullins, certified holistic living and wellness expert for women over 40, as I talk about a variety of topics that address the wellness of the mind, body and spirit for women over 40. Remember, midlife doesn't mean no life. Midlife is an opportunity to increase your self-love, your self-care, and your self-worth. It's your time to be vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerged. It's your time to vibe. So come on, let's vibe. It's Linus, and welcome to the Vibe Living Podcast. I am so excited today. I know I say that all the time, but I truly am because someone who I dearly love and admire, who has been on my wellness journey show, and she's been on the Vibe Living show, she's been in my wellness woman group, and I'm sure many of you have bought her books, have seen her in person, and she's traveled all around the world passing on one message in particular that will definitely give it away who I'm talking about when I say that she is too blessed to be stressed. I'm talking about <laughs> the fabulous Jewel Diamond Taylor. Jewel, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor to have you. I look up to you and admire you so much sincerely. And I really uh, am amazed that you ha are still here with us, passing on the wonderful messages that you do that inspire so many women. I'm glad to have have you here today. Thank you, Linus. Thank you, my sister. And I just yesterday celebrated my 71st birthday. So I'm definitely a part of your tribe. Absolutely. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. My goodness. I yeah. didn't know that. I would have sent you a happy birthday note. I probably should have seen it on Facebook, but I wasn't oh. on Twitter yesterday. Well, congratulations. How does it feel to be 71? Oh, awesome. Because I feel so blessed, Linus. My health is good. My mind, my sanity, you know, I, I'm surrounded by so much love and I have a purpose. I have a purpose-driven life. I have a reason to get up every day. And I get to do things like this with wonderful people like you that are influencing and inspiring others. This is what I was born to do. So just to get the invitation to be with you today, just it's it's a gift. Well, it is. It is but we'll, we'll be each other's gift today because I just love your energy and I and I need it just like everyone else needs it. But I have first of all, I got to get something out of the way. I didn't tell uh -huh. you to do this, but I just need you to give a shout out to two of my besties who have gone to every every time you come to Sacramento, which is where I'm based. They always go to hear you. One's what? name is Sherry and the other one's name is Jerry. So I know they would love for you to say hello to them. <laughs> 
everybody love that. Sherry and Jerry, hello. Thank you so much for being virtual uh, supporters. I'm so glad that I you get to see my face today, Sherry yes. and Jerry, and Happy New Year to you. All right. They're just going to be like, oh, my God, I don't believe you did that. But every time I tell them that you're going to be on the show, they're like, oh, my God, send me the link. So there you go. You know, it's interesting because we are in a very interesting time. As I mentioned before we came on, it's almost like a perfect storm, you know, uh, chaos um, in our government, chaos mm -hmm. economically with prices going up, chaos with our health crisis, chaos in relationships, just a very traumatic time. Yet and still, we as women are usually the ones who are the spiritual heads of our family and our communities. Right. And many of us look to us for inspiration. And we're mm -hmm. just like trying to dig deep and there's sometimes there's not much there. How do we learn to cope and how do we learn to keep moving forward in the midst of all this chaos and confusion? Well, like you said, uh, we usually are the go-to person in the family. I know I am, which means I have to know that self-care is the new pretty. I have to take care of Jewel without a doubt, without hesitation. And I have to know what works for me. I have to know what my sweet spots are. What you call self-care may be different than what I call self-care. And so I make it a priority. And I also realize I can't fix everything. I finally got that, Lennis. And so that takes me off the hook from being the fixer. I realize that what people really want when they're coming to me in a crisis, when the siren is ringing and my phone is ringing, they just want a witness. They want someone just to bear witness and to listen. I finally got it, Lennis. I don't have to give them a cliche. I don't have to give them a scripture. I don't have to give them a seven point PowerPoint you know, steps, I just need to witness and be there. Um, I love it. Uh, Pastor Rick Warren, mm -hmm. uh, who is known for writing the book Purpose Driven, he's, after he lost his son tragically and suddenly, he said he realized the power of, what did he call it? The ministry of presence. Mm -hmm. That when we understand that sometimes just being with a person, just listening to a person is all they need, especially since this social distancing is so heightened, we can't actually sit eyeball to eyeball. You know, there's someone I know right now, my circle is going through a lot and I wish I could just go sit with her. But, you know, she's gotta be careful. I've gotta be careful. It doesn't mean I don't have a social life because I'm still doing things, mm -hmm. but I'm just being cautious. But uh, I've also realized the importance of making sure I have my shock absorbers. This week I received seven calls from people that have passed and it wasn't COVID related. It was just life, uh, very sad circumstances. And I cried and then I was able because of my shock absorbers of faith and self care and recognizing that I was wired and I was born with an empathetic impulse to be there for people to listen. Um, after I cried and I shook it off, I was great. I didn't feel guilty. I didn't feel like I got to spend all of my day and all of this week being sad. I realized that we've got to carry joy and pain with both both hands. We've got to carry sorrow and success with both hands. We have to know how to recognize that suffering is universal. And in this pandemic, Linus, my faith and my optimism have stretch marks. Yes. I mean... A lot of us are really stretching our dollars, stretching our patience, 
stretching our faith, stretching our hope. We want to have hope. We want to believe that things are going to get better. But at the same time, we want to stay informed and connected. Those are two things that are very important. Stay informed and stay connected to the people that give you fuel, that give you joy, that give you faith, that that rem- they remind you of who you are. You know, so when I'm in your presence, Linus, I'm reminded, oh yeah, that's Jewel Diamond Taylor. I don't have to I don't have to have this sense of, oh, my God, the sense of dread and what am I going to do? I haven't had any speaking engagements for two years. Mm-hmm. But because of my shock absorbers called faith and courage and self-esteem and music and nature and beauty um, and spending time with my angel here on Earth, my only grandchild, five years old. Oh. those Yeah, those kind of things. You know, and and my peers, their grandchildren are adults. I'm, we got our grandchild later in life. So what beautiful medicine we were given that in this time of our lives, when we're not as active, um, when you sometimes question your relevancy, you know, what do I mean to the family? How long will I be able to work? I've had two aunts that are 100 years old. So sometimes I wonder about my mortality. And then sometimes I wonder if I live to be 100, how will I take care of myself? So my health and my finances are very important to me. And that's that's why I say my self-care is my new pretty. I yes. do things to take care of Jewel Diamond Taylor. And then because I do that, I can be more present for those that love me and are calling upon me. You know, I love the idea of being present. In fact, Lately, I've been talking with my clients and uh, with my groups that I speak to, coach or whatever you want to call it, uh, from a wellness perspective, about beginning to build that wellness toolkit, things Mm -hmm. that you go to whenever things are going down. And it's interesting because right now at the age that we are, I'm 65, you're 71. um, The majority of the women that follow me are between 40 and 65. By the time we get into our 40s, 50s, and 60s, we should have accumulated quite a bit of wisdom in terms of what makes us happy, what makes us feel good, what things we know we need to have. And we need to actually have those things readily available in what I call our wellness toolkit. And, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you go into that toolkit and you do something and say, gosh, I didn't quite make it. I don't feel that great about it. I'm still feeling a certain way. Well, then that doesn't mean that you give up. You go back into that reservoir. And here's the thing that I feel really does help to continue to add things to that toolkit. Just because you're in your 50s, 60s, or 70s, or 40s, or whatever, doesn't mean that you should stop learning or start ha- stop having new experiences and stop adding more knowledge to what is good for you so that you can survive the present circumstances. And sometimes I think when we get to midlife, we have a tendency to kind of slow down. You mentioned about, you know, staying in touch with uh, your your tribe and still reaching out to people. I think the pandemic has kind of set us up in a way to kind of get used to the whole idea of isolating, even if that means picking up the phone and calling someone. Mm -hmm. But I want to encourage everyone that that is so not what we need to be doing. We still need to be talking with each other. I know we're Zooming and all that, picking up the phone. But whenever I get that impetus to pick up the phone and then something else comes up, oh, well, no, I'll call her later. I have to remember 
that sometimes later may not come at this stage mm -hmm. of life. So therefore, go ahead and do that because usually the Holy Spirit is telling you, pick up the phone and call someone. There's a reason why. Maybe there's something they want to exchange with you. Maybe right. there's something that God's doing in their life that's going to help you. You never know. But I just feel that right now in midlife and the pandemic, we are having a tendency to kind of pull back a little bit. And I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. I don't think that's the best way to be in this particular time. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I co-sign everything that you said. And I'm on the flip side of that. What I have learned is that it's okay sometimes not to feel okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's okay to give myself permission to say, you know what? I don't feel like answering the phone today. You know what? I don't feel like cooking today. You know what? I, I just, I'm, I'm going down memory lane and I'm a little sad. It's okay. It's okay to say, wow, um, I got some regrets. Because to me, once we acknowledge our feelings and we own them, they have less power over us. And the other thought I wanted to bring up, um, I've listened to many messages from a, a priest named Richard Rohr. And he said that in the first half of our lives, you know, we have this container and we're trying to fill it up with a house and the car and the degree and the children and the travel and the money and all this. And uh, he said, but the second half of our lives, we should be working on taking stuff out that's no longer important. Taking out the stuff that we used to think was so important, but it was driving us crazy. It was wearing us out. Uh, and so I'm in that part of my life where I'm taking things out of the container that I thought was so important. Because after you've lost loved ones, after you've gone through a pandemic, you begin to realize what's really, really important. Those are intangible things. Your sanity, your joy, your self-care, your peace, your family. Uh, the, the breeze on your face, watching the sunrise. I'm a morning person. I look at the sun every morning from my deck and I say, Lord, how many sunrises did I miss because I was in such a hurry? It's the little things that I'm beginning to appreciate because I was so busy filling up my container. And I Isn't love that. Yeah, I love that image that um, I think in the fall and the winters of our life, it should be where we get the wisdom to say, oh, I don't need to buy another pair of shoes. I got enough. Oh, I don't need to spend that. I don't need to get a new outfit for every new event. <laughs> I don't need to cuss that person out. I don't have to hold that grudge. I don't have to say yes when I really want to say no. I've learned what to take out of the container, my ego, the hurry, the worry, um, I, the, 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 I got to have it. Um, I've learned to change and recognize what I really, truly value. That's part of my self-care is knowing what makes Jewel happy. You know, because once I'm healthy and I'm at peace, it reverberates to the rest of the family and to all of my clients and to everyone that as a leader, People are looking to me to see what is my pace. And there are times that I've had to say, I've been doing my university, my virtual classes every Sunday for almost two years. And there were a couple of Sundays I said, ladies, I had to really power through to get on today because I am not feeling it. I had a rough week. And they were like, oh, we love your transparency. We thought we had to always be so happy and positive with you all the time. No, honey, I'm human like you. And so giving ourselves permission to feel what we're feeling and ride it out 
uh, is something I think is a part of our self-care. And I, I agree with you too. And I tell you something else that falls within that two things that it reminds me of in terms of things that I, that I make sure I put in my toolkit uh, when things are going on. One of them is I've learned finally, I've learned how to stay present. Yeah. Not get grounded in the past and uh -huh. not try to deal with the future, but just be present and immersed mm -hmm. in that. You know, and I thought I was being before, but no, I really didn't have it right because I could mm -hmm. very easily be doing all this different stuff and still be thinking about the past. Am I talking about the past? I'm talking about something that happened in college, okay? Right, right. Years old. What the heck? You know, or thinking about the future, thinking that I really could control what's going to happen in the future. Come on now. You we know that we can't, but we do that. But finally, finally, and it was one of the key cures or the key aha moments for me to learn to be present for my anxiety. You know, years ago when I was 51, I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder, which is one of the reasons why I ended up doing what I do now. Mm -hmm. and um, I learned so many different ways in my toolkit to deal with those feelings of anxiety so that I could still, you know, do the things that I needed to do and not be, you know, shut down. But one of the things that really didn't occur to me until after I had passed many of the symptoms of anxiety was the gift of being present. Yeah. So all of a sudden, that anxiety thing that I used to have, I very really, I very really have it now. Of course, I also realized that part of anxiety is um, too much cortisol in your system. When you first wake up in the morning, your cortisol levels are high and there's things you can do to drive those down so you're not getting that panicky feeling first thing in the morning, which a lot of women do and don't even know that it's menopausal anxiety. But aside is from- Is that something how you said what? the gift of the present and those what? two words are synonymous. It's amazing. The, the present is a gift. <laughs> the presence is a gift and it's not guaranteed that it, the presence will be it can't be tomorrow's gift because it's right now. <laughs> so yeah. You know, sitting here and talking with you, it is a gift that I treasure. And I think we need to focus more on that instead of, I, I first of all, I uh, used to be uh, up until last November, I was literally TV on whatever station to find out the latest news, you know, mm. especially as we were getting towards the election and all of that. Well, after January 6th, you know what I did? I turned off that television. Good for you. Now, I'll ask my husband, has he heard anything about the world coming to an end? If he hasn't, then fine. I don't need to know all this stuff. You I'm and I are the same. Back. We're not living in a pandemic. We're living in an infodemic. There's so much information <laughs> that you'll get a headache trying to keep up with all of it. And, you know, I just had a client the other day that called me during one of her anxiety moments. And I said, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. The first one is, I want you to put this in your toolbox when you're going, when you feel the anxiety coming up. I said, the first question is, am I in danger? She said, no. I said, is this temporary? She said, yes. I said, what are some of your options? And she took a moment and then she finally figured out she had some options because what happens is that when you get into this uh, swirling anxiety, this spiraling down or this spiraling up, you're not present to know what your options are. And so you have to stop and anchor yourself and say, wait a minute, am I in danger? Is this temporary? What are my options? But what I teach in my classes is that we all have a default. You know, when there's a crisis, I notice that my default is optimism and a silver lining and there's gotta be a solution. I have faith. And people can misread that and think, oh, she doesn't care. She's not panicking. She's not screaming. No, I have a default. I, I'm calm. 
but it doesn't mean I'm not concerned. Some people have a default that they immediately feel helpless or powerless, or they're angry, or they're immediately depressed, or they're immediately blaming someone, or they're immediately shutting down. So that's what I'm teaching in my uh, emotional wellness classes on Sundays is understanding the inner person so that when we have adversity, we learn about innerversity to cope and to navigate those things because if we have the tools, as you keep saying, we'll know we'll know what to do. But many people, their toolbox is empty, right. or it's just full of medication, or full of, you know, suspicious thoughts or thoughts of mistrust. But we've got to invest in ourselves because we are living longer, and That's we true. want to live a life of quality. Absolutely, and I absolutely believe that we are living longer, and um, we've we've got quantity and quality. And I think it's something that you said that reminded me of something else that I that I think about more. Two things. The first thing is that we really should be past at this stage in our life, our hair on fire moments. Um, yes. You know, hair on fire is the 20s, the 30s, maybe some of the 40s. Sorry, guys. The sky the is falling. The sky right. is falling. Oh my, God. oh my God. Oh my God. You know, my children, they're in their 30s. They are still hair on fire moment. But yes. after, yeah, and what should keep that from happening is our life experience. Okay, we've gone through something like this before and we survived. And the reality is because you're still here in the midst of what could be a hair on fire moment up to this point, everything has worked out for you. And the reality is everything does work out for you. It may not work out the way that you thought it was going to. It may not work out in the timing that you thought it was going to, but it does work out. But I have to admit, sometimes we slip. Yesterday I slipped. Yesterday I had a hair on fire moment. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then all of, a, all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Let me stop. I've been here before. Different players, but same kinds of circumstances. But isn't it great when we can self-regulate like that? We're human. We're, we're human. We're going to have moments. But when you can self-regulate and say, oh, wait a minute. That is power. That To me, that's what empowerment is. And I, you know, I've learned to give myself grace. Yes. You know, I don't have to, as you said, there's a lot of things that you don't have to do anymore. But I feel one of the things that you really do have to do is to give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea of this perfection thing, we've got to let go oh, of that please. stuff at this point. Please, please, please. I think most of us at this point have. Or like the idea, of, like you said, oh, I have this engagement. I got to get something new. Why? That's so what? funny. What? When I walk into my closet now, I feel like I'm going to a store. Oh, what am I going to get? It, I don't care if it's been if it's two years old or three years old. Who cares? Uh -huh. I'm glad to have it. I don't want to go out. And my, my sister told a funny story not too long ago. She um, this was right after they started opening up the stores, and she rushed the store because she wanted to buy a new outfit because she just hadn't been to the store. So she goes and she finds something, and she's standing in line waiting to pay. Then all of a sudden, it occurred to her, Why am I standing in line waiting to buy this? This is ridiculous. She said, to heck with it. She put it right back and she left, got in the car, got to her phone, picked out the outfit and ordered it. <laughs> you know? yes, yes. We fall into our old habits because that's what we're used to. But the good thing is that many times there are opportunities for aha moments. You know what? I don't have to respond this way anymore. Or I don't have to do this thing any longer because it no longer serves me. Right. It may serve everybody else that was standing in that line, but that's what they want to do. And that's fine. No shade on going to the store in the mall. If that's what you enjoy doing. But if that's you right. don't or don't want to, guess what? You can get out of line. That's <laughs> right. 
and do something else. We don't have to line up for things that no longer serve us. And it's great when we can laugh at ourselves like your sister did. It's like, what? That's so silly. I know. <laughs> instead, of beating, instead of beating yourself up, you laugh at yourself. Humor is so important to our well-being, to be able to laugh, to release. You know, it's so healthy. But when you're so rigid and you're striving for perfection and you're staying in the human race and you're competing and comparing, you don't laugh. But when you let all that go, oh, you just laugh at yourself. You, you even laugh at life. So, wow, isn't this interesting? Look at that. Wow. I don't have to. I don't have to partake in that. I don't have to give my energy to that. That's not my vibration. Let me turn the channel. Let me change the conversation. Let me walk away. You know, this is what empowerment is all about. And empowerment has been such a general, broad statement, but it's not always about having success and status and money and the, the car and the house. It's about being able to self-regulate and being able to access all of your imagination, your intuition, your, to, to be able to access your faith when you need it, to be able to speak up when you need to, to be able to draw the line in the sand and have boundaries, to be able to uh, be wise with your money and your time and your eating habits. But that's what empowerment is for me. I didn't know that in the beginning. I was teaching about, oh, you can have it, name it and claim it and do it and go it and get it. And I realized, yes, I do want those things, but I also want to have balance. I also want to know how to manage the, the abstract, intangible things that if I have those things in place, when the tangible things come, I'll be able to sustain it. I'll be able to appreciate it. This is so true. And I was just thinking that, you know, at that time, the name it and claim it and all that kind of stuff, maybe that was more appropriate when we were in the midst of our consumers, yeah. raising our children and climbing the corporate ladder or building our right. business or whatever. But now the emphasis is something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, I really um, have developed such a keen uh, communication with God and a keen communication or maybe a keen ability to listen to that inner voice. And I yes. now know the difference between the voices because we do have different voices, okay? Some of those voices aren't so great, but there's that other one, that intuition. And when you take a look at that, whether you call it the Holy Spirit or your inner voice, whatever you wanna call it, what is a way that women can begin to really tune into that intuition and to heighten it and grow it, enhance it? I, I think being comfortable with solitude and silence so many women that I deal with, they're widows or they're single, they never were married, or, um, you know, they're, they're isolated because of the pandemic and they're depressed about it. And I'm saying, why not maximize this time? Why not use that time to be still, to tune in and listen to the voice of God and to be able to distinguish, is that my ego? Is that my pain? Is that the Holy Spirit? Is that Peer pressure, what is that? You, you, you're not going to know unless you set yourself aside and you're still, you know, there's a difference between being still and, and being quiet and having serenity and having solitude. Even when my husband's here in the house or my grandson, I can still steal away and just be still and quiet. I can do it by myself or I could do it when the house is full of people. It's a skill set that you learn because it's like we, we panic when our phones or our computers are dying. It's like, I, I got to find a charger. I got to find a charger. And people wait 
until it's about to die. I don't wait until I'm about to die. I don't wait until my car is on empty to put gas in it. I do it when it's about halfway. I, I take care of myself when I can tell if I don't do something now, why am I going to wait until I'm about to snap? I'm about to stub my toe. I'm about to drop something, break something, say something. Let me just do it right now. It's a habit that you begin to cultivate when you recognize the importance of plugging yourself into the spiritual electricity and saying, I don't want to wait until I'm desperate. I don't want to wait until somebody's stepping on my toes. I need to take care of my, that's why I keep saying, Linus, that my self-care is my pretty. I love that. And, you know, as you were talking, I was wondering, what is your spiritual practice? When you first get up in the morning, what is it that you do? Well, like I said, uh, my bedroom's on the second floor and there are no houses behind us. So I have a beautiful panoramic view. Um, and my bedroom faces the sunrise every morning. So I get up. I open up that sliding glass door. I step outside that cold, crisp air, which is the best oxygen in the morning. And I look at that sunrise and I talk to God. And I talk to my son, uh, I talk to my mother, I talk to myself, and I thank God. And then I do a lot of body tapping, I do a lot of stretching. Um, it's just a just a, a litany of thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Gratitude. Thank you. Gratitude. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for stuff I took for granted. And some some people will tell you that that's the best prayer is just thank you. Thank you. Yes. Being aware, as you said, of the grace of God in my life. I'm still here. I just woke up from a slumber that I possibly could not have woken up from, but I did. I look around. My house is still here. My husband's still here. My mind is still here. I have something to do. I have people calling me, thinking about me, praying for me, asking for my services. What a blessing. I got clothes in my closet. I got food in my refrigerator. Things that I used to take for granted. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It's so important. I start my day. I have a spiritual practice that I do every day. But one of the things that I do um, as part of that spiritual practice is my gratitude journal. Yes. Just, whatever comes out, I write it down being grateful. Because I do believe that what you think about, what you ponder on, um, mm -hmm does come to pass, even yeah. if it's not quite there. I will prophetically thank God in advance of something that I'm believing <laughs> in God for, you know. Um, I used to do that a lot when I first started my business. And it's really funny because many of those things have come to pass. There's only a I couple know. of things that I'm, you know, believing in God for. But I'll tell you one of them is just amazing. Um, all the way back in my 20s, um, I went with a girlfriend uh, to go for these tryouts. I think I was in college, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. for modeling for modeling agency or something. I don't know why I would think I would be a model. I was not the model type, but I went with her anyway. And of course she made it. I didn't. So in the back of my mind, I thought, well, I'll never do that again, you know, because I'm just not that type. And that was that. Well, fast forward about 40 something years later, almost 50 years later, 
I am uh, talking to a, a new friend of mine that I met on Clubhouse. And she said, you know, Linus, um, I know a lady that has an agency. And I think she might be interested in talking with you because you've got this large following. And I, and, and I said, for what? And she says, well, what kind of agency? She said, it's a modeling agency and an influencer agency. I said, oh, are you kidding? I'm 64 years old. That's ridiculous. <laughs> she said, you should give her a call. And so I did. And miraculously, she signed me. But the thing is, that's so wonderful about having lived a long time. What maybe huh. didn't work out way back when might yes. work out now. And right. the idea of going back and knocking on a door that you thought the door has been removed, the knob is gone, and everything else, that's not necessarily the case. Right. And it's never too late to make a change or to go after something that brings you a certain amount of happiness and joy. And I think that's so important to share with women in midlife. I think that's very powerful and congratulations. It, it's a great testimony of, you know, we're seasoned. We've got a lot of seasons on us, you know, bitter seasons and sweet seasons. And it just makes us better. Our confidence should be elevated. Our sense of wholeness, our sense of value. You know, it took me a long time to really uh, understand my value because it was so pushed out of me. So so the seasoning of knowing that I have value has allowed me to say yes to things that I used to not. I felt very uncomfortable saying yes to. Um, even as you and I are, you know, in this industry, we have to know how to promote ourselves. I used to be very uncomfortable. Oh, I don't need to take another picture of myself. Oh, I don't need to. I don't need. And I realized, sure, that's the root of that's a poison root, making you think that you are being um, prideful or you're being vain. I had to understand that self-esteem is different than that. When you know your worth, and then you also know that it's important to market yourself. And then when you realize this, this is free, this social media, it's free. Now you can go to another level and there are times I pay for you know certain ads, but we have a democracy to put out how many times a day you wanna put it out. <laughs> whenever you want to put it out. And I finally realized that even though I don't have as many people I, as I would like that leave a lot of comments, wherever I go, whenever I talk to someone, girl, I've been following you. Then why didn't you say so? Yeah. I know there's a whole <laughs> invisible crowd of people yeah. that see what I'm doing, mm -hmm. but because I don't see the, the numbers and the metrics Sometimes, you know, I'll question, I'll say, oh, maybe I need to stop. Oh, nobody's listening. So I have to have that conversation with myself and say, Jewel, you're in a business, you've got to promote yourself and you need to take advantage of it. And you can't allow the metrics to get in the way of you persevering. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So the seasoning of changing your perspective, the perspective nice. when you were younger, oh, they don't like me. Oh, they don't. But honey, when you're older, you realize it, whether you don't like me or not, I'm doing what I'm going to do. I'm going to do Jewel. I'm going to do what God sent me That's to do. Right. That's right. And the reality is you never really know. You just don't know. Saying and how it's impacting people because it absolutely does. The yeah. ones that, are, that don't, you know, put the like or the comments or whatever, those are the ones who are looking at that and actually sitting back and thinking and saying, wow, she's right. And beginning to think, okay, how is that going to change my life? So you're changing yes. lives that you don't even know about. And mm -hmm. I've learned after being, you know, now almost 200,000 people following me on the media, I've learned now just not to be vested in the outcome in That's general. It. 
You know, plant those seeds and then you keep it moving. That's what I finally learned how to do because I used to obsess over the same thing. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And I found that when I stopped investing in the outcome, um, things really began to change. And everything that would happen was like a surprise. What? What? (laughs) You know, when when she signed me to the agency, I was like, what? You know, I, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to talk to her because my friend said, Lynch, you need to talk to her. Okay, fine. I'm going to talk to her. She said this, I'm going to talk to her. But I had no, I was not vested in the outcome at all. She seemed like a really nice lady. We had a lot of things in common. I said, that's probably the last time I talked with her. Nice to talk to you. Bye. So when I got this thing in the mail, I was like, what? But that's what I've kind of learned is not to be vested in the outcome, but, you know, whatever God wants. You know? and that's a pearl of wisdom. That's a pearl of wisdom right there. Don't be attached to the outcome. And I learned that in my relationships and my parenting and my marriage, that when I'm attached to how I want it to be, how what I want you to say, how I want you to show up my life. Once I step back and say, you know what? Stop being so attached to how you think things are supposed to be. I, get, I gain so much more peace. But as a young person, you want what you want. And you get in the way. And so I love that, Linus, because that is definitely a pearl of wisdom. Is don't be so attached to what you you want the outcome to be. Right. The the pandemic, you know, really had me pivot my business and had me calm down significantly in terms of taking care of a lot of things that I could not change. Uh And one of them was I thought I wasn't a helicopter parent. I thought I'd stop doing that. My kids are in their 30s now, so I'm going to stop doing that. But guess what? I was a helicopter parent emotionally. I was vested in everything that was going on. Think about it. It's crazy because they have some of the same issues I have. They have taxes. They have houses. They have husbands. They've got Uh stuff whatever you know they've got adult issues and here i am vested in every little thing that's going on trying to figure out how i can help them fix and everything else till finally when my baby decided at eight Mm. months old at at eight months pregnant that she was going to relocate to texas and take her my my grandson with her because she wanted to be with the future baby's father who had recently relocated to Texas. They were going to wait and get married and then go, but he got an opportunity. He left. So she decided, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to, and she did. She, you know, um, transferred her, uh, what do you call it? She transferred her job. She shipped her car, put her stuff in storage book and left at eight months pregnant in the middle of a pandemic to go to Texas. My talk about hair on fire moment. Oh my God. Yes, I, you know, yes. I tried very hard not to react and I didn't react to her, but my husband got the brunt of most of because I just couldn't believe I wasn't going to be there in the, in the room when she had the baby. I'm not going to like move in with her for a month and take care of like I did with my other ones and all this stuff. But then finally, God was like, Liz, you need to stop. Do you not know? That's my child. Okay. That's my child. Mm-hmm. That's not her. Now, because she wanted to assert her um, independence as the baby girl doing her thing, no matter how much you might disagree or how much angst you might have, that's my child. And it's time for you to let go. Good for her. Yeah. And that's when I realized that I needed to let go of my emotional helicoptering because I, I was still doing that. Yeah. And I know it was the right thing for her because every time there's been some kind of crisis and I haven't been there, guess what? It worked out. It worked out. I actually yeah. am not a god. I'm a human being. You're a human <laughs> being. I know because I think about I haven't had a mother since 86. Mm. 
And all the stuff I've been through, she wasn't there to help me. Yeah, I haven't had a mother since And then. I keep I saying, you know, one day when I'm gone, my son is going to have to figure stuff out. I'm not going to be here. His dad may not be here. So, Jewel, if you made it, what makes you think your son is not going to make it? And why would I rob him of the opportunity to grow and develop his spiritual muscles? Why would I rob him of the opportunity to get his testimony? Why would I rob him of finding his inner strength and his faith? If I am constantly got my nose in his business and worried and mm-hmm. can't sleep. And I tell you, I've been a helicopter mom too. And it, I, I, hey, that's something I've had to work on. Especially when you lose one child and you have one remaining, then it kind of goes to a whole nother level because you start panicking. I gotta, I gotta, Lord, please don't take this one. So you kind of justify uh, in your mind while you're doing it. But that was my nature anyway. So that's just, that's a moment of truth right there. Uh, that is just in my nature. And I've seen mothers who are not like that. And I look at them in amazement. But how do you do that? How do you have, how do you do that? They're in another state or you guys are not talking or there's no alignment. There's no, no it's the same thing. It's the how same do y'all do that? <laughs> I know. I, you I, don't I, share I, holidays together. How do you do that? You know, I, I, same thing. You know, my daughter did not come home for the holidays uh, because she's only, you know, she's still getting up her, uh, her time. So she just got back to work, you know, after having the baby. And uh, my other daughter, uh, in the middle of the pandemic, she uh, got laid off. And then she immediately got another job and relocated from D.C. to Kiev Largo. So she was in Florida. And I had my two my two daughters here. But, it was the, but I thought to myself, you know what? I'm okay with this because it's the first time in 37 years that I haven't had my girls with me, you know, when they first came in the first time, you know, that they haven't all been together because even when my daughter was, daughters were away from school, away from home, they came home for Christmas. And my daughter who lived in DC for 13 years, she'd come home like four times a year or whatever. So I never felt that. This is the first time where I was like, wow, my babies aren't here. It's driving me crazy. But I realized that this is just a part of the journey. Exactly. Opportunity for growth and developing my relationship with them in a different way. Uh, This is an opportunity for them to start new traditions with their families and start new traditions with my husband. You know what? My right about I thought I would never travel right before Christmas somewhere else because I'm too busy getting ready for Christmas for them. But yeah. that happened. Traveled to Puerto Vallarta, you know, right. eight days, got back on the 15th or the 16th or whatever, and decided, you know, I don't think we're going to do a tree this year. You know, I decorated for, you know, my granddaughter to come over in the family room and we did cookies and all that kind of stuff. She didn't miss the tree. All she saw was the decorations in the family room. That they, was- don't, they don't miss it. No, and they what miss- you. You're speaking to those that are dealing with the emptiness, that feel lost and feel they've lost their identity and they don't have a rhythm. They don't have new rituals. And so um, I hope somebody that's listening to this will realize that that's a normal transition is that when we get that emptiness, we got to figure out our new identity. We got to create some new rituals. We need to find ways to stay, uh, you know, busy and effective and dynamic and healthy and release, launch them totally. 
not just physically, but launch them emotionally. Because you're absolutely right. This is their journey. This is how they're going to learn. And when I had my um, hair on fire moment, actually, it was one of my daughters that reminded me, mom, remember, this is her journey. My words. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely right. Sometimes I, I really do feel that God gives us the children that he gives us because they're teaching us. Right. They are right. tuning us and teaching us. And it's really amazing that, you know, my children now have become my best friends uh, in terms of the things that we talk about and the things that we do together when we do get together. Oh. Uh, and that's wonderful. And I also think that God gave me four daughters because it took that many to calm my butt down. So- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they are our teachers, and sometimes we don't like what they're teaching us, but my goodness. But that's the way it goes. Yes, yes. You know, as you look at your sum total of experiences, and all the women that you've talked to and all the things that you've done to help women, especially during this stage of life, what would you say would be your A number one jewel of wisdom, so to speak, that you would share with them? What I said earlier, that it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to feel uncomfortable with things that are unpredictable, inconvenient, unexpected. Learn how to ride that wave. We're not going to fix everything. We can't always color inside the lines. We're not going to always get the life that we dreamed of. Um, When we let go of expectations and we learn to live with the uncomfortable, there is such a freedom and a grace that you'll find because you're not fighting it. You're flowing with it. And that's what I've learned to do. And I want to pass it on to others to remind them that, you know, unfortunate things happen to good people. Don't don't think that you are a failure. Don't think that God has forsaken you. Don't think that you're a loser because you're going through a, a rough patch. The society makes us kind of think that there's something wrong with us, that we don't have the perfect family, the perfect body, the perfect hair, the perfect house, the perfect job. We're not the best seller. We're not this and that. And it's like, what a job it has done on us. So I want women to understand, you are not a loser. You are not a failure. You're on this ride called being a human. And we all are still trying to figure it out. At 71, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still pivoting. I'm still learning. I'm still hungry and curious to learn new things. And I think that's what keeps the brain alive is to be curious, to travel, to read, to ask questions, meet new people, do something totally different like modeling that you're doing. I can't wait to see what God wants me to do differently. I want to be in a movie one day. Whoa! Who would have ever thought that I would win an Emmy, that I won an Emmy last year? That wasn't on my vision board. So there's going to be a lot of things that will happen to us that are not even in our plans, not even in our sight, and be open to the things that are good and the things that are not so good, and know that you can endure it. Know that, you know, that this is a beautiful thing called life, and we got to hold it with both hands, the suffering and the success, the joy and the pain, the lightness and the darkness. Uh. we got to be able to hold it all and not be attached. Let it flow. Let it flow. That's so beautiful. Jill Diamond Taylor, thank you so much for joining us and gracing us with your presence. Um, Author, motivational speaker, (laughs) veteran life coach, and now Emmy Award winner. I didn't know 
Congratulations. Mm -hmm. That is so awesome. For Thank people you. who want to find out more about Jill Taylor and all the wonderful things that she is doing, you can see on the show page there the link to her website and to all of her social media. What is coming up for you for 2022? Although I don't know when people are going to be listening to this, but it doesn't matter because you'll probably still be doing it. So what is it you're going to be doing in 2022? Well, you know, I, I continue to do my uh, weekly sessions called the Innerversity. Um, even the, during the pandemic last year, I started renting uh, beautiful Airbnb homes, just mm -hmm. beautiful, and hosting intimate small gatherings. And I have found that to be so amazing. I was used to standing in front of audiences, large crowds, but since they couldn't do that, I kind of like that. These small intimate groups that we're having. We have one coming up every January. We kick off the new year by studying um, strategies for our goals. How are we going to manifest them? What are we going to do? What's our plan? What's our imagination? What's our steps? And so we're going to do that uh, January the 22nd. We've, we, are, we secured a beautiful home uh, here in Southern California. So I get excited uh, looking for exciting locations to expose women. If I never travel again, Linus, California's got some amazing locations. Yes, it really does. And you're absolutely right about that. There's you still can get any choice. California. You get mountains, desert, ocean. Yes. I mean, and so uh, we we're, we've been doing that, and we've been having fun with it. They're like they're like, where are we going next? So uh, after we finish this one, I'll be looking again for another amazing venue. And I hope one day you can come and join us, Linus. I would I love for the ladies to meet you. Is, I know, January 6th. That sounds wonderful. I, I'll be keep, I need to make sure I keep my eye on your Facebook site so I know everything that's going on because we are going to meet in 2022. Because yes. one of goals for 2022 is to travel. I know there's stuff going on, but I'm just covered by the grace of God. I'm going. Me too. I'm, I'm still, I'm still going. I'm still doing, I'm doing my health regimen and I'm praying and I'm being smart. And uh, I just, you just can't lock me down. You can't put me in a box. You just can't do it. I'm sorry. I got to do what I do. I got to be busy. I got to be around people. I got to do what I do and I'm doing it smarter and I'm still able to be effective and reach people and reach more people. Mm -hmm. So I remember coming to Sacramento several times and I look forward to coming back and uh, maybe we could do something together yeah, we because we're so in sync yeah. with our, just had our awesome moment when you said that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yes, we will definitely talk about that. Jill, thank you so much for coming. It's been wonderful having you and everybody. Please don't forget to go ahead and follow her on yeah. Facebook, follow her on Instagram. She's got a YouTube channel. Follow her there. She has a Twitter. Find where she is and follow her. And I've got all her social media <laughs> links there as well. You will be blessed as she continues to drop her jewels of wisdom to so many, so frequently, every day. Thank you so much for being such a blessing. Thank you. Be blessed. Stay in the light. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to the Vibe Living Podcast. If you want to find out more about me, way down on the show page, just click on the link tree there and that'll take you to all my media, my websites, and what I'm doing now. It's always wonderful to be with you. And you know what I always say, continue to take good care of your mind, body, and spirit. And don't forget to vibe. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Vibe Living Podcast. Please feel free to download, rate, share, and like the show. To find out more about living a vibe life, go to my website at wellnesswoman40.com or email me at vibelivingpodcast at gmail.com. Have a fantastic day and 
Don't forget to vibe.